0: It's Thursday, March 11th, 2021. This is Rook. is an icon of Iranian law and history in the last half century, a professor, author, and a celebrated activist for the promotion of democracy. She was one of the first female attorneys to oppose the Islamization of gender relations following the revolution of 1979. Mehran kar has been at the epicenter of change, ideas, and tragedy inside Iran and in the diaspora. And she has agreed to a very personal interview today about her life, experiencing loss, and lessons learned, moving forward. Mehran Gizakar joins us in the Rook studio, plus Chef Haas is here as well. This is stories from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode number 92 of Rook. How are you? Chehabar. Less than 10 days until Noruz. Get your nice pants pressed now. <laughs> welcome to those of you listening around the world, Durud Bashoma, Hope you're all doing okay. Hope you are Mizun and you are ready for another edition of Rook. I'm very honored to have Mehrangizakar uh, doing an in-studio interview with us. You know, A lot of people will know her name and know her strength and voice when it comes to addressing, say, the legal system and injustice in Iran over the years. But she's agreed to do something very different today and take a very personal look at her life, her journey starting off in Ahvaz uh, Mm -hmm. as a kid, everything from her own time in prison to the tragic loss of her prominent husband during his incarceration. It is a lot. I'm honored to have her here and to listen to her uh, today. I should uh, note, speaking of listening, that this interview we've agreed is going to be in English and Farsi. So if you do not speak Farsi, uh, you may want to make sure you're listening on one of our platforms where we will have subtitles. Uh, Captain Reza will be furiously typing away. Uh, YouTube and Instagram is where we'll have English subtitles. And um, if you want to listen to us on Telegram, in fact, Telegram is the channel where we actually do our descriptions and everything in Farsi, so if you if you prefer the Farsi, just go straight to Telegram, and of course our popular channels, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and you can find us on iTunes and CastBox as well. So if you want to read the subtitles, YouTube and Instagram, hello, Groovy Shaya.
1: Salam. Salam. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, Captain Reza, hello.
2: Hello, sir.
1: So
0: uh, we're down a team member today, uh, the fabulous Keon. Mm. Not so fabulous in terms of the way she feels today. She texted me this morning and said she's feeling nauseous and she can't get out of bed. Ooh. Not feeling so well. Nauseous, Shia, nauseous. Not. She's None. not having. Tr- she's not coughing. <laughs> <Shia>. <laughs> she's Shaya is so paranoid <laughs> about the COVID. Uh, so uh, the, because the fabulous Keon is not feeling well, instead we have Ponta the Artist here in for the first time uh, at the microphone. Hello.
1: Hello. hello? It's my Just talk, first time t- Talk
0: right in the microphone. There. Okay. You. There I'm you sorry,
1: go.
3: Hello. It's my first time here.
0: Now, you, you've you said that you're a bit nervous about talking in English. Yes. But, but, <laughs> but I should note that you... Uh, have come so far. I mean, you've been with us at Rook. Let me actually explain to people. Ponta is, uh, Ponta the artist is an artist, but she's also recognizable as a longtime host of a tech show on TV. So if you've ever seen that show, you'll recognize Ponta. We're lucky to have her here since the start of Rook, running our graphics and our website and bringing her artistry to the show. But you didn't speak a lot of English when we started. And I think your English has gotten a lot better. It's very good, in fact
3: i don't think so but if you say okay
0: all right if you want to speak in farsi at some point um i can tag you mention because my farsi is so good oh. it'll be uh yeah uh, like re- that Farsi is very See? is saying your Farsi is perfect. It's uh, immaculate. There's nothing better than your Farsi is what she said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um speaking of you being Ponta the artist, you did a it was Behruz Vosuris' birthday yes. y- yesterday, I think. Yesterday. And you did this beautiful drawing of him. I thought that was very nice. Uh yes. I saw uh, it on this, your Instagram. Uh,
3: yes. Uh, that painting is for a year ago.
0: Oh, I see. So you were just posting it yesterday, but you didn't actually do it yesterday.
3: Yes, because uh, I'm uh, always at, at rock, and I, ha- I don't have time. <laughs> I see. I
0: knew this would turn you into see? complaining <laughs> about <it. laughs> <Turned it> around. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not complain. Uh-huh. I
3: enjoy to work with rock. Yes.
0: But you can't make pictures of Behrouz Vosighi anymore.
3: Um, yeah. yeah, I don't have well, enough time. Here
0: was my problem with it, okay? Here was my issue. My issue was that I was I really liked it. I thought it was a great picture. But I was thinking it was it was Captain Reza's birthday only like 2 or 3 weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't see any painting of him. Where's my portrait?
3: خوب آقای کابتن رضا ما که گفتی که تولدمه is
0: saying that we didn't know it was Captain Reza's birthday. So you're saying if you knew, you would have created a yeah, beautiful of portrait course. of Captain Reza as well. Well, let's
2: mark that down, February 10th next no year. No, I want a portrait. No, you
3: should wait for for the next year.
0: Uh, it's nice to have you, Ponta, the artist. And I know you're partly here because uh, we'll talk about Chef Haas in a minute. Uh, I want to mention join our Rook community. If you like what we do on this show, check out our website, rookmedia.com. You can become a, a patron, right, Ponta?
2: What? <laughs> so I'm <laughs> so subtitling this as well. This or? is going
0: really well so far.
3: <laughs> you, you,
0: you can become a patron. People can become yes, patrons, right? Yes. That's I'm just telling them that.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well,
0: That's all. But you just say yes. You just yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes. You can. We depend. <laughs> <laughs> we depend on you guys out there. It's just five dollars or ten dollars a month. How about this? I'll say this in English and then you repeat it in Farsi mm. for the audience. For just five dollars and ten dollars a month you can support rook.
3: Yeah,
0: we decided to crowdsource this, crowdsource this and keep it as commercial free as we can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so for $5 $10 a month it makes a big difference to us We'll keep going uh, With this exploration Of the connective tissue Of Iranian diaspora identity We, d- we want to do this With as few commercials as- And ads as possible So $5 or $10 a month Rookmedia.com Support us We notice who signs up And we really appreciate it Thank you to you guys Who have become patrons And sign up to subscribe And help us out um, We have the Chef Haas Coming up and Chef Haas I'm excited about this because I've seen the video already which we'll be posting each week now he posts a video uh, helping people the, you know teaching us uh, uh, elements of Persian cuisine so the, the, so the video so the, the, the subject is Limu Amuni today right. mm-hmm. Limu Amuni okay here we go <laughs> lim, Limu amoni. yeah uh uh-huh. Thank you. Limu Amani. Anyway, it's dried limes. And for people who, I mean, most people who listen to this show are Persian or have some affiliation with being Iranian. So so you guys already know this. But for those who don't, in a a lot of our cuisine, we use these dried limes. And say you make Korma Sabzi, you can put them in. You can put it in Osh. You can, uh, which give this, what's
3: that? I'm sorry. Amen.
0: Yeah, of course that's right and I've always bought them like I always buy the dried the, the limu amoni Chef Haas is gonna teach us how to dry the lime Ooh. how to actually wow. buy fresh limes and make yeah. limo amoni oh. isn't that cool I yeah.
3: thought uh, the limu uh, uh, the limu of limu amoni is the special limu Mm-hmm. Apparently, the not. limes? It's not. No, yeah. they're just
0: regular limes that have been dried. Seriously? I, well, I think so, according to Haas's video. But we'll get to Chef Haas coming up. Speaking of Haas, uh, he, he when he's not on Rook, the rest of his time, I mean, he supposedly has a job as the chef, uh, the executive <laughs> chef for Google. But the rest of the time, he's on Clubhouse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's just hanging out on Clubhouse. Uh, anyway, we are going to do. Uh, Captain Reza Are you going to be on Clubhouse by tomorrow You know
2: what I don't know about tomorrow But I'm, I'm going to change not, my phone It's not All you have
0: iPhone. to do is get uh, you just, First Only of all You, you gr- gr- got to
2: do You got to get an iPhone Your
0: girlfriend has an iPhone <laughs> Yeah So use her pho- iPhone and, and set up your Set up your little thing We want you I on our no,
2: That's invasion of privacy I don't want to touch your phone just oh. Can I, can I, I add
0: something
3: phone. Yes um, please uh, Last of the artist Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Last night I asked um, uh, people in uh, one room, yeah, in clubhouse, uh, friendly yeah. room, friendly room in clubhouse. They said um, there is a, a version, beta version of this application, only for Android. Oh, no. And now the just the only issue is um, uh, you can't speak oh. on this beta version, but. Every like so couple there's, of days, there's a version of
0: this this app that is about speaking to each other with that doesn't allow you to speak.
3: Yes, <laughs> <That's>
0: great, <laughs> doesn't sound like a better version.
3: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I don't think they've figured it, it out for Android yet because I, I think it's not available to people on, on. Anyway, for those who don't, I think everybody's starting to learn what Clubhouse is, but we're all relatively new to it. It's, a, it's an audio platform where you go and you can talk to people around the world, you just walk into an audio room. And start talking to people. Um, last night, actually, we had a. It was weird. Somebody pinged me and said, "Come in this room." And so I went there, and there was uh, three thousand people, and it was. Uh, I, I they started. They were talking about doing interviews, so it would seem like a natural for me. I guess that's why they asked me. And uh, Hamid Nikpay was there, and Sina Valiola and Maximini, and Tehran, and and Ooh. yeah, it was a, It was an amazing group of people. It was really, and for the first time, I went. Oh, this is Club. House. I can't imagine this group coming Rana Rahimpur. there was a it was a wow. fabulous group of people uh, who was
1: managing the group do you know uh, a, th-
0: a few different people were were moderating it Faradad was there uh-huh. a lot of anyways uh, it, it was a very um instructive because I, th- I saw oh this is the magic of clubhouse all wow. these people can end up in one place anyway last week we did our first rook room uh, on Friday night, so we're going to make this a Friday night tradition, so tomorrow night or today, depending on if you're listening to this on a Friday, we have a Rook Town Hall, and I was thinking about what, uh, because earlier this week we had Hoda Jaro, on, and uh, you can listen to that episode, our last episode of Rook, and we've put up a couple of videos of it, and I was thinking that she comes from part of what her incredible story is, is that she's this um, pioneering bodybuilder uh, who's now in the United States? But she comes from a conservative Muslim family yes. that had intentions for what, who she should be, how she should lead her life, and um, and that made me think about Persian parents. And, and Persian parental pressure, which we end up talking about a lot on this show, yeah. you know, with almost every guest. It's, it's kind of a, you know, they're, they're either a doctor or engineer or they were supposed to be a doctor or engineer. <laughs> uh, so tomorrow night's Rook Town Hall on Clubhouse, the pattern of Persian parental pressure. Nice. Oh, I like that that's my title and we'll see how <laughs> who that. comes into the room and uh, and have a conversation Ponte you have I should note you you have an, a story you're of your own about coming out of Iran I mean yes. you were you're one of those people who really did want to leave you mm-hmm. ended up I think first you were in India and then you were in Europe for a while you spent years in France and now you've re- many. Turkey. Ar- Armenia wow Armenia Turkey and you're not even that old you did all these things and you and now you've sort of reunited with your family in canada um after years of being on your own right yes but why but you really wanted to leave iran absolutely yeah and you don't want to go back no right you're in that uh,
3: it's the same situation no
0: right right while it's the same government and you know exactly. all of that yeah you're not interested well um anyway uh, and did you feel you're an artist did you i think you have liberal parents though or did you ever feel pressure that you have to become a doctor or engineer never oh yeah well never Consider oh. yourself lucky. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, one of the kind. No, I totally did. I totally felt the pressure. Not only that, I feel like with, feel like my parents were like that. But I think like in general, like Persian parents have this certain image of how their children's life ought to be. Yeah, and they get sort of disappointed if that image is shattered or somehow uh um, uh interrupted by sort of
0: disappointed <laughs> 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 i mean they, it's basic it's close to disowning it's like you, get out of here kid yeah that's uh <laughs> understatement uh or or it's the thing where they say um uh-huh that's great no problem you like uh, to play piano just Finish your PhD first, you know. Get become a, a structural engineer first, and then you can play the piano, right? I yeah. mean, that's the refrain yeah. is always: yeah. uh, a doctor yes. or engineer kind of thing. And and this is something that t- obviously this is not unique to Persians in the sense that parents of all stripes, universally around the world, have aspirations for their children, and you know. But there is some particular ingredient that uh, Jacks it up a little bit when it comes to being Iranian, you know And and it that's why it comes up all the time and there's a lot of pressure yep. Associated with that that can be unhealthy. Yeah, very unhealthy. you know, you have to in the case of Hoda um, Which was the precipitant for this thought because we just did the interview on a Monday um, She literally had to break out of her family mm-hmm. shell. She had to like get out, you know, as if she's captured somewhere. And um, that's, uh, so you should consider yourself lucky, Ponza, that you never face that.
3: Yes, um, uh, my mom, couple times, uh, she told me, I like uh, if you wanna be a doctor, I like uh, you, choose uh, <laughs> like,
0: an eye doctor or something. Yes. And what but did you say?
3: She, no, just um, she, she knew uh, I'm, I'm an artist. Right. And always uh, she supported me to uh, like piano classes. Uh, the, I don't know. Everything in right. art, she supported me.
0: That's make, You know why? Because you're part of the Artist. That's <laughs> yes. your name.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: All right, of the Artist, uh, Captain Reza, Groovy Shy. We're going to actually clear the room because we've got uh, Mayor Angie coming in. So we'll see you guys in a little bit with uh, Chef Haas. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank Good you. Good job. That was C. You did okay.
3: Seriously? Yes.
0: Yeah, yes, nice. you did okay. Let's get to our feature guest. All right. Uh, my feature guest today is a leading attorney, a professor, and author. She is also a celebrated activist working towards the promotion of democracy, rule of law, and human rights in Iran. Mehrangiz Akar was born in Ahvaz, Iran. She moved to Tehran to study at the Faculty of Law and Political Science at the University of Tehran and graduated with a law degree in 1967. Mehrangiz was one of the first female attorneys to oppose the Islamization of gender following the Iranian Revolution of 1979. She became an active public defender in Iran's civil and criminal courts. In the year 2000, Mehrangiz attended a conference at the Heinrich Boll Institute in Berlin entitled Iran After the Elections. Upon her return to Iran, she was arrested, taken to Evin prison, and sentenced to four years in jail. Following that episode, since the early 2000s, she has relocated to the United States. She has been a Radcliffe Fellow at Harvard University and has served as a fellow at the National Endowment for Democracy, the Woodrow Wilson Center, the American University in Washington, D.C., the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Columbia University, and the Carr Center for Human Rights Policy at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Government. Mehranguiz is the recipient of many international awards, including the 2002 International Human Rights Prize, the 2000 Penn Novib Award, and in 2004, she was honored by Human Rights First. She has also been recognized as a scholar at risk through an international network of universities and colleges working to promote academic freedom and to defend scholars worldwide. She is the author of numerous articles and more than 20 critically acclaimed books. She is a frequent media commentator on events in Iran and is working on three new books at present. But first, right now, Mehrangiz Akar joins me in the Rook studio today. Hello. Hello. And what a pleasure it is to have you here.
4: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for doing this. And, you know, we agreed that uh, I'll be asking the questions in English, but however you feel comfortable, including in, in Persian and Farsi, Thank if you. you want to answer.
1: Thank
0: you. Um Mehrangiz. It's, it's very difficult preparing for an interview with someone like you. I have to say you, you've you lived such an important and impactful a life. Uh, and you have so much to say about politics, about human rights, contemporary issues, history. One barely knows where to start. I thought in this interview we would go a little more personal. Your story, mm-hmm. your feelings, mm-hmm. and lessons that you have learned and can impart through the wisdom you've gained. Is is that okay? Yeah. You know, let me start by asking you then about the way you divide your life when you look back, because I've heard you say that there are two Marenguise periods, (laughs) before and after the year 2000, which obviously was a very pivotal year, and I mentioned in the introduction what happened to you in 2000. But I'm wondering if there are actually three acts so far. Marenguise and her life before 1979, Mary Giza and her work from 79 to 2000 in Iran and then the period of the last 20 years predominantly outside of Iran. Does that make sense yeah, to you? Yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, then let's go back to the Act One and uh, uh, how you became who you are. You were born in Ahvaz in the 1940s. It's where my, fa- my family, you know this, on my dad's side was also from. What, what, um, what kind of kid were you growing up in Ahvaz?
4: I can't describe myself. At that age, I was very weak. <laughs> and all the time I was sick.
0: <laughs> really? Yes. You were a sick kid. Yes. Uh,
4: yes. And um, allergic, uh, you know, allergic kid. And uh, But uh, I loved school. I loved learning.
0: Opinionated, would you? Were you, did you?
4: No, I cannot. In... Insight, myself, yes, but I was very shy, kid, and I never talked loud, you know uh, my thinking about everything or my opinion. Very conservative
0: so in your early teens, for example, in Ahwas, mm-hmm. you would have never guessed that you would become somebody who people around the world know as a commentator in the media, as a leading attorney, as an outspoken person?
4: No, I could not predict my future. You know, my goal was being a doctor.
0: <laughs> oh, you were going to be a doctor? <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. It, to it, please it, the family, my, or you were you actually well, no, interested? No, no. I, I was actually interested, because in uh, high school, I chose Tajrabi like science. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my goal was that.
0: But I thought I had heard that uh, you were interested in literature when you were young.
4: Yeah. Literature was my uh, passion. passion. Um, But for my profession in future, uh, I was doing so hard for being a doctor, medical.
0: Past she should. Concours, Concours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Yanni, you didn't get a good enough mark
4: No, no I couldn't
0: Interesting. I
4: couldn't But in uh, law school And political school uh, I, you know I found Very good grade And it was my second choice Not my first choice
0: So do you still want to be a doctor?
4: Uh, sometimes when I do not have money, and every day is like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you look at the family dentist yeah, and yeah. think I made the I'm wrong choice. I'm sorry that
4: why yeah. I'm not
1: doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but let me I I was where I was going with the opinions thing is that you've become so well known not just for your opinions but the strength of your character and what you fought for over the years. Um, so when you were a kid, you said you had those opinions inside. I mean, what are your earliest memories? Did you mm-hmm. remember looking at things and going, yeah. that's not right, that shouldn't be happening, yeah. that, that woman shouldn't be treated that way or, or whatever it might be?
4: Yes, because, you know, my opinion was very cultural, more than political, because I couldn't understand what is, you know, the best... Um, public policy or something like that, Mm. or what kind of government. Uh, I couldn't understand such a thing. But we had uh, a situation around ourselves that very... Culturally backward. Culturally, yeah. Um, we, We were living, you know, the center of... Ahwaz, and around us, you know, th- those people, they were living and uh, their opinion to women uh, was terrible. Every week I could understand that a woman or a daughter was killed around us. Oh. You know, when, when uh, we asked who killed her, I heard brother, father, or sometimes uncle, wow. because she was doing something that uh, uh, that was not um, traditional, like sexual uh, relation with somebody else, yeah. ec- except uh, their husband or sometimes the daughter who they didn't have. Well,
0: a I mean, you conservative? But no. no.
4: No, family man, family. I cannot say that my family was very religious. I uh-huh. cannot say my family uh, was uh, like or secular or such a thing. Um, but, you know, nobody was denying Islam.
0: Hmm. Including your family.
4: Including my my family, especially my family. Because my mother, if I want to explain that uh, by our language now, I can say my mother was moderate Muslim. Uh-huh. My grandmom was radical Muslim. Really? <laughs> like... Um, uh, Ms. Yazdi Ayatollah, Yazdi. Bahiyazdi.
0: Wow. So what would your grandmother think of you now?
4: Uh, you know, she had not power when uh-huh. my mother was the boss of my family. She had not power. She couldn't uh, ask me hijab by force because my mother was standing and my mother had hijab. But my mother didn't give permission to my grandmom to, you know, to say uh, Mehri should be like that, like this. No, she couldn't do that.
0: You know, I was going to ask you whether you had, female role models that shaped you. I remember speaking with Homer Sashar about her early years. And, and she's in Iran around the same time as you growing up, although she was she was born in Shiraz. And she said it was the strong women in her family that gave her the path and confidence to be a leader as a young woman. Was that true for you?
4: Yeah, it is true. My mother was very powerful and she didn't uh, go to school modern school uh, but uh, she could read hafiz she could read very well quran and sometimes without you know looking at uh, hafiz mitunest hafiz ro az bar bekhune mo bar yani tu hafizash hafiz rafte Wow. My mom and my grandmom. And they would somehow
0: sometimes yeah. conflict yeah. with each other.
4: Yeah. Conflict each
0: other.
4: <laughs> One was my mom. Yes. With office. the all, were گرفتاری داشتن و طبقه متوسط پایینم بودیم ما نمیتونم بگم توی طبقات بالا بودیم طبقه متوسط پایین بودیم موقع طبقه بالا هم باز فرقی نمی‌کرد دوستاشن فال بگیرن ببینن سرنوشتشون حال و احوالشون چجوری میشه مادر من قبول می‌کرد که برای اینا فال حافظ بگیره و بعد خودش ترجمه می‌کرد حافظو یعنی اینکه تفسیر می‌کرد براشون
0: اینترپریتیشن
4: انترپشننی میداد که مثلا مربوط میشد به زندگی اون به احوال اون مم. این یک حوزه قدرت بود اونجا که طبیعتا فلوور می آورد زنهایی که می شدن و می اومدن نوبت می گرفتن و اون برشون فال میگیرن قدرت میاره دیگه شما هرچی ارتباط بیشتر باشه با کممنیتی قدرتمند میشه
0: there's something interesting about that that I, I know of course I'm not the first one to say this and and there's there's books and books and books are written about mm-hmm. this that that you'd be more familiar with but I've always found there's an interesting paradox in the way we talk about Iran uh, not just in his, historically but even now and a patriarchal society mm-hmm. and women being repressed and and you know women not having the legal power etc and yet when i think of most iranian families the center of power in the family is usually the mother the strongest person in the yeah. family is usually yeah, the woman yeah. uh, and it's an interesting yeah. dichotomy can yeah. you speak to that
4: yeah my mother was very powerful and uh, you know I can say during the time uh, she was intellectual mm. um, because uh, she was looking at uh, Iranian daughters and she was saying me and not advising me but forcing me that you should be in the future prime minister. Wow. And I couldn't understand yeah. what is that, why I, I should be, when I was seven years old, six years old, I couldn't understand what is that. And another woman, my grandmom باز uh, استخاره میکرد استخاره میدونی چیه؟ نه
1: استخ... استخاره احا. چیه
4: مثلا تو میخوایی بری دکتور بشی میگه برای من استخاره کن بی بی. ببین من مثلا این کار بکنم یا نه. بعد اون برای مردم استخاره میکرد اونا میومدن اونا که خیلی مسلمون بودن اونایی که دنبال و, و مثلا حالا رفته بود با یه دیگه از این کارا پیش من اون برشون حافظ پس ببینید دوتایشون سنتر so it wasn't really a surprise
0: that Marengi Sakara ends up going uh, to college of law and, and political science at Tehran <laughs> university with that with the the strength strong kind of role models that you had you do that you graduate in the late 1960s you start working at the institute of social security and you start publishing opinion pieces and advocating for change what were your this is pre-revolution so this is the Shah's yes. time yes. Mary what were the main human rights concerns for you in the 1970s, for example, in the years before the revolution?
4: Yeah, years before the revolution, because uh, we could uh, uh, be aware about uh, the events that was uh, happening all over the world, like uh, Vietnam uh, war, War, hippies, beetles, and some reaction. Uh, of uh, war policy of western government yes. like the united states like the europe and i was reading a lot the history of iran and the history of some other and um, you cannot believe that shode mm-hmm. farsi و مثلا من از 13 was a man من این a رو who was a man who was a man who was a man who اون a man who was a man who از a man who was 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 a man زندگی توی مایندم داد. حالا هرچند که بیرون از اون ما نمیتونستیم اونو پرکتیس کنیم، ولی اونو به من داد که خب، میبینم واین رو چی زیاد فکوس میکنه. روی فقر، روی این چیزی که بین فقر رو ثروت هست. Uh, خب این چه جوری باید منیج بشه که این تغییر بکنه اما من هرگز مارکسیست نشدم
1: hmm.
4: چون نمیدونم حتی اون موقع هم فکر می‌کردم این یه چیز خیلی قشنگه تو ذهن منم شکل گرفته بود ولی هیچ وقت فکر نمی‌کردم این بتونه عملی بشه اما طرز فکر من به سمت uh, Mm-hmm.
0: You understood class, the class structure from yeah. uh, books and, and Les Miserables, mm-hmm. et cetera, but, but you weren't necessarily a leftist or a Marxist. Yeah.
1: What,
0: did you, what did you want to change about Iran at that time, in the late 60s, early 70s, when you were writing opinion pieces, what would you say your focus was?
4: Yeah, I could not believe that revolution, especially, Islamic revolution could be happened in that uh, country uh, probably because uh, we had been very far from qom mm-hmm. and the history that was uh, shaping in qom and after revolution i could understand what was happening in qom during the time that we were talking about uh, about women's rights and equality between men and women. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, reading kitab Muntazeri, mm-hmm. of Montazeri, memoirs of Ayatollah Montezori, no. I could understand that, oh, we had been very far from realities in Iran. And uh, Khomeini was doing a lot and the best in Rome, not just against Shah, but against us.
0: Let me hang on though, let me get to the revolution. But I'm I'm still stuck on this part that قبل You know, mm-hmm. you're it's it's not no one's anticipating the revolution just yet. Um but you were trying to effect change. You were outspoken at that point. What was it that you wanted wh- what were the kinds of things that you wanted to change about Iran at that point? B- before the انقلاب. Okay,
4: okay. If if you mean in dream,
0: <laughs> I, I
4: was looking for very good uh, change uh, toward democracy. But I don't know why. I could understand that it is not possible pretty soon. And I could understand that just we can, you know, we can see something in the future like envelope uh, uh, like... Um, کودتای نظامی <تصفيق> مثلا اون چیزایی که توی آمریکای لاتین اتفاق میافتاد چون ما خیلی زیاد به آمریکای اتفاقا لاتین نگاه می کردیم تا مثلا به اسلام نمیدونم رادیکال بره، یا بره، بره. یعنی اینتלקتوای اون موقع به شیلی نگاه می‌کردن به آرژانتین نگاه می‌کردن ما نگاهمون اصلاً به این سمت نبود خب برای فلسطینیا و به اسرائیل و اینا ما همون تو همون کانسپتی واقعاً فکر می کردیم که خب فلسطینیان مظلومان اسرائیلیا خونا آشونه گرفتن اونجوریم پک می کردیم، بله من نمی بگم که خیلی فکر منسجم و مشخصی برای تغییر در ایران داشتم. Were you
0: happy with Iran in the early seventies, مثلاً؟ No. No.
4: No, I was not. Because
0: not. it wasn't a democracy, then, the, and the kind of one that you,
4: was that, and one was something that happened in 1953,
1: the coup you know, of the, uh,
4: Mossadegh. against Mossadegh, yes. uh, and I guess uh, uh, all shaping our mind, political mind, is coming from that event. It was very important to us because I was very. Very small, and I was in Tehran with my mom, and I was on the street uh, when everything was changed, mm-hmm. and I could see the people that today they were saying Mark bar bar Shah musadir and the other day they were saying Shah Marg bar musadir. So some political. Some political thing in my mind uh, was clashing each other, and mm-hmm. I could not understand why today they are saying that, and one uh, the other day they were saying that. I could not, you know, uh, I could not focus. Such a
0: thing. Did people know you by the 1970s in the public Would the with the the Shahs uh, people know that there's this person creating trouble Merengisa Carl? <laughs> no, I not, was very, not small, very but small. But wait, but it, what you you resign from the Institute of Social Security in uh, in 1977 and you mm-hmm. start your legal career. This mm-hmm. is a couple of years before the the EGLA, before the revolution. Yes. Why did you why did you resign? Why did you start then your legal
4: yeah, career? Yeah, you know it was my goal to become lawyer yeah i educated in law school i was 23 years old Mm. but the minimum age for going to bar association and asking for license and such a thing i i was 23 but the age was 25 and that's why i couldn't ah. register for, for everyone or that. just for
0: women no no
4: for, for everyone, everyone. Huh. for everyone and now it's like that okay. i think uh, but two years i was <laughs> going uh, and getting a job and i couldn't stop it because because i had not money enough mm. money you know to continue and to resign uh,
0: but you I never guess. thought of going back to Ahvaz. By that point, you're in no, Tehran. are just, just and you're, to
4: visit. Right. Just to visit.
0: Meringuez, put us on the ground around 1979 when the revolution happened. You're there. You're a lawyer then at this point. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, as you said, no one was anticipating that this was going to become the Islamic revolution that it did. Were you among those intellectuals, the majority, in fact, mm-hmm. the, who thought... Actually, maybe this is going to be positive. This is going to be a positive change in Iran. Were you advocating for it? Did you want no, this? No,
4: never, never. And this is some, you know, something negative in my uh, background for revolutionary people, hmm. because I never followed them. But of course, I didn't like Shah regime. Uh, and uh, sometimes that uh, Khomeini ordered for it to Matbu'at. I didn't follow him. We didn't care about this order. And that's why the Syndicate of uh, Journalists in Iran, KSMAJBUDUMUGH, Syndicate Khabarne Goran, Syndicate we send the Matbu'at. Uh, they didn't like my uh, yani, in,
0: Yeah, a lot of the you know. intellectuals who would be advocating yeah. for revolution yeah. must have been quite disappointed yeah,
4: yeah. in that you is, that.
0: That's why they. Uh, you're not uh-huh. joining us and. Yeah, being part.
4: yeah, and uh, my punishment was uh, writing something against me. نشریه‌ی داشتند که یه که مال این سندیکا بود بعد منو مثلا تنبیه پنیشمنت یه کسی مثل من این بود که منو به عنوان کسی که تخلف کرده از یک اتصابی با درجه در روزنامه اون سندیکا که اون بهترین داکیومنتی شد بعدن برای دادگاه های یا دادگاه یا به هر حال نیروهای امنیتی یا مثلا برای آقای حسین شریعتی مداری روزا مکیهان که پس من اساساً نچر زد انقلاب بودم انتی رولوشن اسلامیک رولوشن بودم خب این همیشه بود و من هیچ وقت تصور نمی‌کردم انقدر این توجه داشته باشن بشه ولی بدل عکسای بی حجاب منم که توی مطبوعات دوران oh. شاه موهام همین بود But you were one of those people who was caught in the middle then
0: you weren't necessarily a Tarif but because you were also not Pro revolution, you were stuck in, in mm-hmm. with with nobody because, supporting because,
4: you. you. You know because I could understand that because, because I think um, I had read very well the history of Iran, and I could understand that this is something against Mashrute. This is something in Galabi Mashrute, mm-hmm. uh, constitutional revolution yes. of Iran. Uh, I could understand that uh, uh, with Khomeini. Uh, and following Khomeini, we cannot get something better but I couldn't believe that it bad ke we would see with the fact I was a conflict, and I did go to Khomeini's world I said to my mother, that my go to و بعد که من خندیدم گفتم من نمیرم دنبال خمینی. گفت این چه دور سرتون میکنه؟ باز من خندیدم.
0: You wouldn't believe it.
4: نه. No. گف میکنه. چون آخون خیل... ما آخوند نمیشنازیم. بنابراین خیلی. شکل
0: روشن فکر می‌داریم نمی‌دونیم. خیلی
4: بودن خیلی آبودم، yeah. ولی زورشون نمیرسید یعنی جو سنگین بود. یه اتмسفری بود که اون اتمسفر اتمسفرو هیچکس باش کاری نمیتونست بکنه. ما هم خطر میکردیم. ما بس از ریسک دیتای
0: well th- this is I mean, this is where your second act begins since I've divided your life into these three acts for now and I, I, you you've passed your bar exam, you've you're licensed to practice law, this is before mm-hmm. the revolution. but then the revolution happens, and Iran's judiciary is taken over by the clerics, and the whole judicial system changes. How did all of this affect your role as a defense lawyer and especially as a female attorney?
4: It was very difficult because I couldn't go. Uh, and talk to judge. yeah because he was not looking at me and just saying, "What do you want, <laughs> sister?" And uh, after two years, I could understand how I can talk to them, how,
0: how? I how did can you, act. Ha- how did you figure
4: that out? You know, I. have come I to say. I I من رفتم به بار اسسیشنی که دیگه این بار اسسیشن بار اسسیشن نبود دیگه حیعت مدیرش که قبلاً elected بودن حالا elected نبودن همه زندان بودن دیگه ما آفیسی نداشتیم به عنوان بار اسسیشن که بگی ما منبر اونجایم. ولی رفتم به یک سرایداری که اونجا شده بود حالا همه کاره گفتم اسم منه بده به دادگاه های کریمینال که من حاضرم برای اونایی که پول ندارن به هر تعدادی کیس قبول کنم این قدم بزرگ من بود و واقعا این میتونه درسی باشه برای زنایی که گرفتار این ماجراهای طالبانی و داعشی تو گشوره میشن خیلی درس مهمیه از اون به بعد دیگه این قاضیا با من یه جوری دیگه برخورد کردن مم. و به نظرشون رسید که من یه زن خیلی پول داریم بنی کوکار از طرف دیگه از منم حمالی میکشیدن یعنی یعنی سرم سوار میشدن بعد میگفتن چای برام تعارف میکردن بعد میگفتن میتونیم پرونده رو من خلاصی کنی من حوصله ندارم بخونم میگفتم آره اون وقت من با خوندن پرونده دو تا فایده میبردم یکی اینکه قاضی با من دیگه دوست میشد یعنی دوست میشد که راحت باش. من از این یاد accept respect that's an amazing story <laughs> uh,
0: two steps back to think that overnight these خازیا the, the, the judges that you talk about um, basically, go from respecting you to suddenly not respecting you mm-hmm. because you're a woman, and now we're in the Islamic Revolution mm-hmm. uh, Republic, etc. Were they the same judges in some cases that would suddenly change their their, their the way of acting, or was it yes. different people?
4: Yeah, different. You know, all judges they were welcome me it is not just that or one judge but all judges they could be happy after this policy that uh, i started so
0: so let me you you talked a moment ago about your mother Mm -hmm. saying to you you know they're gonna make the hijab compulsory and you and you guys laughing about it come on that's not actually gonna happen i i want to ask you about that i mean you have quite famously now been known as one of the first women attorneys to oppose the islamization of gender relations following the revolution set the scene for us in this time when the laws changed because i I, you know i remember back to my university thesis on the revolution at at york university and, and how at first actually many feminists believed this was going to be an emancipating change for Iran there was a you know there were there was, even Khomeini at one point says oh i mm-hmm. you know i'm going to advocate for women's rights etc what was the atmosphere like when new laws start to get passed like compulsory hijab mm-hmm. when that started to happen how did you deal with that from a legal standpoint
4: yeah i'm sure that you know the first position tazahurat in Iran, mm-hmm. uh, was making by women. Yes. In Dadgostari, in Kach Dodgustari. Хоп, менам джоз бу юнхабудам, and protest میکرده این موضوع به صورت peacefully, ما شروع کردیم. میشه گفت که اولین peacefully. در ایران بعد از انقلاب رو زنان شروع کردند. در سطح کشور هم بود هنوز کسی درست اینو تحقیق و بررسی نکرده <تصفيق> من تا یه حدودی در یه کتابی به نام شورش تا یه حدود کمی اینو گفتم ولی انقدر سرکوب و سابپرس هوی بود علیه ما اه, که خب به زودی تونستن ما رو ما تو بمونیم نه بیاین بیرون و از طرف دیگه <ilot alert> How که can we it? جمعیت traditional <traocumented> people follow me? How many people follow me? How many people against me? How many people follow Women How many people follow me? How many people follow me? How many خمینی، and all the time, they were inviting them uh, to come to the street and uh, give a slogan against be hijab, against anani uh, without hijab. Yeah. And after Gero Gangiri,, ke sefarate or ro raftan gheftan, dige moshodim yek symbolhay az Amerika. Yani marg bar America سمبلش مثلا زنای
0: ماها بودیم
4: uh-huh, که uh-huh. در زمان شاه بی حجاب مدرسه رفته بودیم دانشگاه رفته بودیم کار کرده بودیم پس ما تو دو تا فورس قرار گرفتیم یکی اینکه که میگفتن اگینست اسلامیک والوز شما میخواین زندگی کنین استایل ضد اسلامی رو داشته باشین با مردم معاشرت کنین تو کافه برین سینما برین موسیقی گوش کنین تو پارتی‌ها با مردا باشین imperialism. دیگه هم بود که حالا چپ‌ها هم با اون متحد بودن و هیچ ارادی پس ما تو دو تا چیز and when
0: they start passing laws they actually start making it the law women can't sing maybe women can the hijab etc Was there any institutional way to fight this? No, no,
4: no, no institutional, no institutional. You know, and uh, something that was bad during Shah was that we didn't have any independent political party. Because after Mossadegh, Shah couldn't, you know, couldn't accept such a thing. As bad as so by
0: the time the revolution happens there's no, no. levers for any kind of opposition no even when there's no
4: no we couldn't we couldn't organize that because uh, immediately after uh, victory of islamic uh, revolution همه جوانای محله اینا تبدیل کردن به سلجرای خودشون همه جوانا کمیته درست کردن دیگه همه میترسیدن یعنی بعدم که جنگ شد بلا فاصله همه،, همه چیز ترس بود هم با ترس و مرگ و کشته شدن و دیگه ما اصلا رفتیم حاشیه در مرکز زنای قرار گرفتن که بچه رو میفرستادن جنگ زن شهید بودن مادر شهید بودن
0: Everything that you had in your young life started to fight for was being taken away at Mm -hmm. that point.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yet, you persist in the years after the revolution, you begin writing about the basic principles of justice, human rights, equal rights for women. Your articles are are published in the Women's Monthly Zanon, and Mm -hmm. uh, also by the 1990s, you begin writing a series of books analyzing the various aspects of discrimination against women in Iran. In 1997, you published the book Political Rights of Iranian Women, in which you argue that Iranian women have no legal rights over their own children. Um, Merhengis, in this period, I mean, I know that's a long period I've just uh, described Mm -hmm. there, but in general, what was the reaction to this content that you would put out there in this period, either by the authorities or even by the general public? How did you get away with it, in a sense?
4: I could understand that uh, if we don't be careful, they will kill us, like thousands of people who they were killed during the 60s sixty, 60 uh, Iran. 60 to 70
1: mm-hmm.
4: and uh, I found a language for criticizing the legal system without you know uh, they they can accuse me as kafir as mortal mm-hmm. against Islam how
0: mm-hmm. what was that language
4: uh, that language uh, was uh, using of uh, moderate, uh, clerics, moderate clerics, moderate calorics who they uh, they were uh, giving us some better interpretation of uh, Islamic text, and sometimes that uh, I was asking them how I can criticize the, the age of masuliyyate uh, kayfari criminal age mm-hmm. for women. that is nine years old and for men is 15 years old Mm -hmm. or the age for marriage or something like that and they were giving me a very good interpretation of Islam according that interpretation I was able to criticize without Without accusing as kafir as mortad. Mm-hmm. and uh, they were saying that in that uh, text, in that rabi'yat, uh, in that hadith, or something like that, we can change that in our legal system without doing anything against Islam, against Sharia. So this language was much better than law. And
0: the regime believed that. No. Or <laughs>
4: No, the regime didn't believe that. All the time, I was under pressure from Vizaratei Attilaat, from Sepahe Pastoran. And all the time, they were coming to my office. And in office, they were, you know, investigating about everything. And they were uh, advising that you better be careful. You better don't talk about something like that, something like this. Uh, and they, we we had been under control, but we could understand their, the, uh, you know, zafoshunam peda kardebudim. Yani ma ma ham unarishenakte budim, ma ham balad budim mm-hmm. cheder boina harfezanim. Yani shoma tattooye meydu naboshi, meydu ne jang naboshi. Asam fikneh mi ke jang jui? Asam fikneh mi ke ممکنه یکی بکشی <تصفيق> ما مثل اون آدمایی بودیم که وسط میدون جنگ بودیم ولی شمشیر نداشتیم شمشیر ما این کارهایی بود که میکردیم مثلا من شمشیر این بود که برم بگم من, من از آدم های بی پوری دفاع میکنم شمشیر من این بود که
0: but even so at that time as you know better than anyone they were imprisoning people they were executing people yes. for for almost nothing I mean Shahnusha Parsipur was on the show a couple of months ago I, I
1: mean,
0: know pan five times they put I her in know. prison they tortured I her know. they and what was she doing I mean yeah. she was writing novels yeah. she was so it's I guess I mean this is sort of the obvious question that you I'm sure you get tired of answering but but how do you when in that period how how were you not afraid uh, to do what you were doing i
4: was afraid I was afraid, but my passion was very you know powerful and high, and I prefer stay in Iran and don't leave Iran but I was careful, and I was not, I cannot say that, you know, I was Jean d'Arc, and I was <laughs> saying something very bad against the regime, but I was alive. Yes. And my voice was heard.
0: And yet, after all of that, it's your attendance at a conference in the year 2000 mm-hmm. that does end you up in, in jail, which is is quite strange, I mean, this is April 2000 when you and 16 other prominent reform-minded Iranian intellectuals and activists attend this conference in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And for speaking at this conference, you come back to Iran, you're arrested right away. Mm -hmm. And what were you charged with? Yeah,
4: probably uh, because you had not been in Iran, uh, you cannot touch something that we touched, it. Like, before we do have two jenakh, political
0: you
4: it was easier for us writing and talking against legal system in Iran you know why because they couldn't accuse us that you are working with our enemy hmm. yeah, and conservative when everything was you know in the hand of Conservative, and we didn't have something like reformist or moderate or something like that. Yes, they were coming to my office. I was under pressure. Everything like that was happening. You're
0: saying when there's no organized opposition, no. they don't see you as much of a threat. Yes, you're yes. just one person doing. Yes, you know, one you're-
4: person doing. But after that, uh, they were very afraid. Oh. Mehran Gizekar or somebody else—they are—they—they they knew that we are like, we are secular, we are anti-revolution. Uh, but now we are supporting reform. We are supporting reformists who they, uh, you know, they believe that they are their enemy. So in one night, after one night, we moved from. Some women who were talking about women's rights or human rights to Islam Talabon, that you know, you know, you know, you And they want you know, you know, to America you know, in know, regime know, you 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 now but an <laughs>
0: my mind, Maringis goes to um, uh, uh, the filmmaker Bahman Farmanara, who was on this program a few months ago, and he said something interesting that that uh, reminds me of what you're saying. He said, "I said, because he's in Iran still, mm-hmm. and he says all kinds of things and makes these films." And he said, "You know, but I don't sign the petitions that everybody else signs. I don't put my name yes. with everybody, yes. so I'm just me, yes. some guy who's attacking them, even though I have some yes. profile." And yeah. stuff. So it's kind of what you're saying. If you are not seen to be part of some kind of organized yes. unit, yes. you're you're yes. not free. But you, you they're not as concerned about you yes. as if you're part of an yeah. organized. Yeah. yeah. But why was this conference such a big deal?
4: It, it, it was, you know, it was organizing by reformist people, reformist leaders, and Bonio uh, de Heinrich Paul. که اون یاد the یک قسمت this is a far hangier department. This is a far hangier. This is a far hangier. This is a minority. This is a minority. This is که حاکم بود ایراد a majority. This is که majority. با is a که This is اتفاق افتاده بود در آلمان، چرا با حکومتی که میکنوس رو در این کشور شیس کرده شما دیل دارین، رابطه دارین، رابطه بعد همین ماینوریتی یه هوشیار ماجوریت حکومت آلمان رو گرفت. وقتی شد ماجوریت حالا میگشت دنبال یه لجیتمسی برای که رابطهش رو با ایران هم چنان وسیع کنه، بیشتر کنه. ازدل اقتصادی چون اروپا با وسیعی ایرانه. در نتیجه اینا اومدن این آمدن این کنفرانس و گانیز کردن که حالا به افکار پاپیون خودشون در آلمان به قبولانن که ایران عوض شده و ایران دیگه تروریست نیست دیگه بیرون از ایران ترور نمیکنه ما مامثلا اینا رو نمیدونستیم برو دعوت کردن و من اولین کنفرانسی بود که نه ترسیدم رو رفتم چون گفتم خب با خودشونه <تصفيق> و بعد که توی یه دادگاه به قاضی گفتم آقا چرا ما اذیت مییم ما که با خودتون رفتیم آلمان گوشاش قرمز شد گفت تو با خود ما رفیم تو اینا رو از ما میدونیم گفتم خب آره گفت یک دفعه دیگه این حرفو رو بزننی پوستتون میکرد. <تصفيق> پس بنابراین ما افتادیم توی حفره ای ا خودمون نمیفهمیدیم این حفره چیه؟ یعنی ما هر چقدر میفهمیدیم که این دو تا جناب با همدیگه مشکل دارن ولی باور نمکردیم این مشکلشون در این حد باشه که اساساً انقدر که اینو با رفرمیستا بد بودن شاید میتونم بگم با من بد نبودن اگر که من نرفته بودم دنبال رفرمیستا خیلی پیچیده است ایران میدونی خیلی پیچیده است و you had at
0: this point you would have known a lot of people who had been put in jail. You would have defended some of the people who would have been put in jail. Uh, what was it like for you going to
4: prison? I going to to prison. I not to be to I not I to to مگه اون کسایی که این همه آدم کشتن از اول انقلاب کیا بودن؟ اونهایی بودن که تو زندانای شاه بودن اون همه شکنجه شده بودن مگه مثلا اون آقایی که لاجهوردی بزاره. زندان ابین بیشترین شکنجه ها رو شده بود و خودش اونجور قاتلی از آب درمه مثلا عقیده نداشتم راستشو بخوای و اینکه که وقتی برن زندان آدم های مهمی هن. من اصلا این عقیده رو نداشتم. و <Sanalyst> من بنه خدام نمیخواستم اینجوری مهم بشن من میخواستم کار کنم و مهم باشه یعنی yani کار روی صحنه روی استیج بکنم و هیچ چیز مخفی هم نداشته ولی خب دیگه اینا وقتی جناحی بخان کار میکنن هر حکومتی که بخواد جناح درون خودشو اپوزیسیون درونی خودشه که اپوزیسیون زده ولایت فقیه که نبود که ایت واز نات ریلی آنتی اسلامیک ریپابلیک just they were saying that wali should be under control by law.
0: But you end up in Evin. Did you think that you're going to die? Did you? Were you terrified? Were you? What? What was your reaction? Yeah, it, was, when
4: it was not. It was not easy. After two or three days, I could understand that they are they are making fake uh, files for my husband more than me. Yes. That was something that I became, you know, mm, scared.
0: I want to get to your husband. Let me just ask you this. When you're in prison, the story goes that you were diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and under pressure from the European Union and the Netherlands, you were released on bail after 53 days to undergo an operation and chemotherapy in, in Iran. Then you end up leaving Iran for the United States around that time. How Mm -hmm. how did it happen?
4: Yeah, because I had green card, because my brother uh, for a long time was uh, living in the United States. My step-daughter, you know, was American, and they applied for me. I had green card since 1996.
0: But why would Iran let you go? I mean, why would the authorities in Iran allow you to leave? Yeah, they so it, famously don't let anybody no, no, that they think is right. a problem leave, right? right? Uh, and now
4: I, I I should explain something else for you that I'm sure you don't know, you, you cannot touch it. Sometimes they were, you know, they were doing something that like vitrine that we are lawyers, we have lawyers in Iran, we have female lawyers in Iran. Uh, they are talking and you can hear their, their voice, but n- nobody knows that uh, after any interview with BBC or VOA or uh, writing an article or interviewing uh, at my office with a foreigner, uh, reporter. After that, they were coming to my office, right. and, we, uh, and I was under investigation and something. So
0: they let you talk a little bit to use you as some yeah, kind of symbol it, it of openness. It was positive
4: for them. Uh-huh. It was positive for them, but it was limited. When we were going to break that limitation, oh, they, they were. Do you feel talking. like they used you? Yes because when uh, in Berlin, I was saying that reform is not possible. Without having reform in constitution, it was something like red line. And I passed that.
0: But up until that point, they were okay for you to be saying these yes. things as a demonstration that we allow dissent. Yes. We allow people to say things. Yes. And look, we have a female yes. lawyer who's without speaking out.
4: Without doing with uh, reform reformist people. Without doing like that, going to um, Berlin and talking aloud about Iran, who, you know, who Bashar Nags twenty these you know are something that I was saying aloud in front seven بزرگ بزرگ. when
0: you leave Iran at that point in the early 2000s then did you think that you might never be able to go back? Did you have a sense of that? No
4: no. I never.
0: You thought it might be a temporary trip,
4: because I was allowed with them. I had uh, bail, big bail, and uh, I didn't uh, take with myself something, uh, just my myself and Azadeh, who was teenager under your daughter, under age, yes, Uh, and I was going to be far from them because I was uh, involved with saraton with uh, breast cancer and uh, between six months to one year, not you, uh,
0: more. I ask you that because a few months ago, last fall, in our interview that we did about Nasrin Sotudeh, you told me that Nasrin learned from people like you mm-hmm. and Sheena Nabadi mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not leave Iran. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I was thinking about that this whole month, knowing that I'm gonna to get to talk to you and thinking, I mean, I wonder, going back in time, I mean, no one, no one would blame you for wanting to go to the States in the middle of being put in evin and and having a young family and and having breast cancer, et cetera. But going back in time now, would you have made the choice to stay in Iran?
4: Yes. Yes. In in myself, I think it was wrong to leave Iran even for better treatment or, you know, setting up Azadeh and everything. Because when you leave Iran, mostly uh, they make fabricate, Hmm. fabricate file for you. And because they couldn't do that, and I had permission from uh, radical Islamic in revolutionary court and others in uh, conservatives. I was allowed and I left Iran very legally and I think it was mistake and because I was under treatment, a little I was going to be weak, the mm-hmm. medicine, hemitropy, mm-hmm. uh, radiation and everything that was around me. And I could not believe that after I leave Iran they will kidnap my husband yes. and get confession, forced confession against me, morally, politically, spying and everything that you can, you know, imagine
0: well you you started talking about it there, so I, I and I, I wanna ask you I must ask you about your your late husband Siamak uh, you're writing a book about him as well or, or
4: hopefully I, I do that he,
0: you so you, you were arrested and interrogated in iran but you were you were never tortured the way he was um uh, Siamak Pourzand your late husband was arrested he was savagely tortured w- why did they go after him so harshly uh,
4: you know he was uh, he was coming from a family that all of them, since Reza Shah, they had been monarchists. So they could not, you know, be comfortable with Siamak but they didn't know all of them. I say all of them, all of amniati um, mm-hmm. security uh, forces. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that he is my husband.
0: How do they not know that? N-
4: because because they are not just one uh, one security uh-huh, center, uh-huh. one security agents. We do have many security agencies because, like a uh, country that uh, they do have many. Uh, many government, inside government, inside government. So
0: he's got a double strike against him all of a yes. sudden. He's yes. r- identified with the Pahlavis and the market mm-hmm. and he's marrying Karz's husband.
4: Yes. In uh, Berlin Conference, they could understand it, and the revolutionary court, they had a very big file from Siamak. And the first step that I passed to office, of uh, judge, before I can sit, he said, do you know this person? The, the, there was uh, a file, blue file, and on the cover was written Siomak Purzan Sultanatala, monarchist. Yeah. Uh, and he said, are you his wife? And I said, yes. And he was doing that. So
0: he was nodding.
4: Yeah. So like it was p- the start. It was the start, and he was forcing me that I say everything in Berlin was organized by Siavake Poursan. Wow. And I said no. I cannot say such a thing. My husband didn't do any role in this event, and nobody invited him to Berlin conference. It was their. Goal for arresting me. And after that they, you know, in their investigating, all the time they were asking about Siomag, about background of Simag, about background of uh, Siomak in Hollywood, with, um, this artist, that artist. And as you know, he was for a while, I think, um, uh, correspondent yeah. of Caho, yeah. uh, newspaper in Hollywood and it was very very bad thing in uh, in, in, in his yeah. year, in his year so year.
0: you 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 and you come west with Azadeh, mm-hmm. and how do you find out what they're doing with siamak
4: after three months he called us and said that i can understand that somebody is following me and they do have um, they do have aslahe weapon and اون لوله چیز چیزی رو تفنگو از ما گفتیم نه تو خیال می‌کنی اینا بخون کسی رو بگیرن می‌گیرن چرا بیان دنبال کنن خب بعدن فهمیدیم که برای اینکه غیر قانونی بوده حتی نسبت به خودشون حتی نسبت به نسبت به اون سیستم باز این کار اینا غیر قانونی بوده و برای اینکه قانونیش بکنن اول یه پرونده مرال برای سیامک درست کرده با یک زنی که در اونجا کار میکن این اولین برگ پیج پرونده است که بتونن بگیرنش بعد بقیه چیزا رو با فورس کامپیشن ازش گرفتن گفتن حالا یا ما به این علت که اون زن شوهر داره و نمیدونم تو زن دوری از این پرت و پرتوپلاهایی که تو قوانین شو هست سنگسارت میکنیم ولی اگه همه چیزای سیاسی خودتو تو بگی ما تو رو آزادت میکنیم اینو معمولا فریب میده و قسمم میخورن که ما این فیلما رو پخش نمیکنیم فقط ما میخوایم اینا رو داشته باشیم برای اطلاعات خودمون but at that
0: So you are in the states at this point. Yes. Yeah. And you he is sentenced to be in jail yeah. on these trumped up charges for uh, convictions for years. They yes. for they say first they say 8 years yes. or 10 years or something.
4: Yes. No, for uh, Three years, he was inside jail, not just one jail, some jail that, uh, um, so far, it, we don't know اینکه was a jail. He didn't know jail. علت خیلی کارهایی که ما بیرون از ایران می کردیم، سه تا کشور اروپایی فشار آورده بودن. فکر می کنم انگلیس و فرانسه و همون هلند یا سه ستای دیگه بودن. اینا سیامک آزاد کردند به درو. بعد بادارش کردند که شکایت هایی رو که من کرده بودم از اینکه غیر قانونی بوده دستگیریش، اونا رو
0: از امریکا شکایت میکردن از امریکا
4: آه. به ایران شکایت میکردن برد. اینا یه چیزایی دیگه شما قصه میشین اگه الان بخواد بگی مکانیزم های بود اون آه. موقع آه. که مثلا بهش میگفتن اصل 90 قانون از اص... کمیسیون اصل نود قانون اساسی من مرتب با آقای کروبی در تماس بودم که اون موقع مجلس ششم بود اصلاح طلب بود اون مجلس رفته بودن و میخواستم برگردم آقای کروبی میگفت برن میخواستم به وسیله خالد طالبانی اومده بود آمریکا یادداشت نوشتم برشون فرستادم شفاهی جواب منو دادن که آقای خاتمی که اصلاً شما این طرفو پیدات نشه شما نمیتونیم کمک بیت میکنیم پیش آقای ظریف رفتم گفتم شما من امنیت بدین من برم ایران حداقل فرودگاه منو نگیرن برای اینکه فایده اش چیه من دیگه برای سیامک نمیتونم دیگه کاری بکنم آقای ظریف هم گفت متاسف نه یا نه،, نه اینجا بود نیویورک بود اون موقع اه ها آه. آه.
0: آه. به شما گفت شما گفت
4: که نه گفت میتونی بری ولی فرودگاه می گیرنه. این شخصا آقای ظریف من آه. گفتم من باید برم آقای ظریف من که یه زندگی متلاشی شده بچه های منم دورن دیوونه میشن اونم که اونجا تنها مونده گفت خب برو میگیرنه بعد من سعی میکنم کنم کنم خب گفتم اینم که نشد in and i am so sorry that i mean even it, I to talk about this but what would you have been
0: able
4: to do if
0: you were know. there yeah you are right you
4: are right but i cannot you know i cannot
0: uh, this ends quite myself it ends quite uh, tragically, in 2011. Uh, how, how do you, tell us how you found out the news or what?
4: what? Just uh, Lily was on phone with him.
0: Your daughter Lily.
4: Yeah, my daughter Lily from Canada, from Toronto, because we had organized everything for leaving Iran illegal.
0: For him to leave Iran. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was very safe. Because from Erlima Kurdistan and everything was, you know, mm-hmm. and the hospital was, uh, you know, ready uh, for, you know, for Erlima Kurds. But we didn't meet her. She said, to said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she risk. من معتقدم که خودکشی کرد ولی معتقدم که این خودکشی به علت فشارای منتاالی بود که و هر حال از طرف حکومت برش تمیل شد از طرف امنیتی و اینکه ولش نمیکردن دائما میرفند سراغش و دیگر اینکه از اینکه آمده بود و علیه و هر حال من دوستانش حرف زده بود اون شرم از این اقرار اجباری یه شرم خیلی آزاردهنده ای و همه اینا دست به دست تنها موند و بسیاری از دوستانش رهاش کردن بعضی از دوستان باهاش بودن اونطا اونها هم بعد از गिरफ्तारीی 88 همه خودشون یه جوری ترسیده بودن و دیگه سراغ سیامک نمیرفتن واقعیتش اینه و سیامک تنها راهی که خودش حس کرده بود براش بامی مونده همون بود که انجام داد و به هر حال برای ما خیلی سخت بود و هست هنوز مخصوصاً برای دخترای من احساس میکنن هیچوقت نتونستن به پدرشون برسن نتونستن کمکش کنن اما جامع میکنم کار تاریخی مهمی کرد سیام. یعنی نشون داد که این آدمایی که میان و تایید میکنن جمهوری اسلامی دلوی تلویزیون اینا آدمای گرفتاری هستن خیلی زیر ضربه بودن و خب این کارش اعتراض بود اعتراض خیلی با صدای بلند بود یعنی خیلی صدای این اعتراض بلندتر از این بود که مثلا صد تا قرص می خورد و میمرد in and he said, داره از a human rights. I
0: mean, you've, you've, you've been through so much, you've been through so much, that's a lot, yeah.
4: And that's why I think that if I didn't leave Iran, probably something happened different with that.
0: But you can't, yeah, you can't how how do you no, I'm talking honestly with you I know you are but I'm and I'm t- talking honestly back and saying you that's the, the, the it's unfair to yourself to think that you could have done something okay. I mean there's a 40 year history of this regime acting in lawless ways and to think that if you had stayed in Iran somehow you would have magically made things different it's yeah. it's um,
4: yeah you can see my picture in this some film from i don't know uh, 42 years ago you can see that. I, I was talking I was very young, but I was talking about the situation of Iran, about the censorship, about the so I was I had voice. You still have a
0: voice.
4: Yeah. But it this voice is not powerful like like voice that we had inside Iran.
0: You never, you know. Um, I'm gonna ask you about th- that. But I won't keep you here forever, by the way. I know mm-hmm. this has been going long, but I will, I'll ask you about that in a second. But just on this note of all you've been through, uh, every time I see you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in on, you're on television or you're doing, you're making an appearance, you, you're so composed. You don't seem emotional. You don't, I mean, you really hold yourself together. How, how have you learned to be so, um, how did this, all of this not crush you? I mean, do you have moments at home where you just go into a corner of a room and, and cry and you don't let the world see it? (laughs) Really? I mean, you've been through a lot.
4: This is my nature. You know, sometimes, sometimes something is nature. Nothing else.
0: Strength is your nature?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I am very sad, but nobody can. Uh, feel that they were saying that. Oh, she is smiling.
0: And She's why smiling. not? Why don't you let people see that?
4: This is my nature.
0: Hmm. A moment ago, when you said um, you think you could have done more in Iran, um, do 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 you believe? Activists like yourself and others who have been bravely speaking out in the diaspora, outside of Iran have been able to affect change in, inside, in, 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 in Iran in, in recent years. I mean, I, a lot of people are trying outside of Iran, but based on what you've just been saying, you think that the change has to come from within.
4: This is a very difficult question. We cannot predict of Iran because everything is very complicated it's not you know roshan ni in hukumat really pichide really complicated alon kheli silah daste aslaha daste javonaye ke zaruratan nabayad bud ma zamane shahi in mushkila durustunam ye hukumat kheli monsaje mi دستگاه vali ye ا ا مثلا فرض کن هر چقدر هم بخون بگن یه سوال کو میگن هیچ وقت شماشن شنیدی مثلا بگن ما 10 تا سوال داشتیم یه تونه سوال داشتیم کارهای بدم زیاد کرد این حکومت حکومتیه که اصلا اصلا برای مردم ارزشی قائل نیست یعنی برای شهروند برای سیتیزن ارزشی قائل نیست فقط برای اینکه ش و خیلی قولدر نشون بده فقط یعنی تمش همینه غیر از این نیست اقای خام که اومد خب همه فکر کردن حالا شاید بالاخره یه درسهایی از اون یکی اه... کارای بد اون یکی گرفته باشه ما الان داریم می بینیم دیگه مرگش نگرانی داره <تصفيق> که معلوم نیست این همه آدمی که نشستن که وییان سری جای این قدرت هم هم Do you میفتاد. actually think the way the Islamic treat, uh,
0: Republic treats political prisoners, prisoners of conscience, we see the execution still happening? Do you think it's actually worsened in recent years? یعنی yes. بدتر شده اصلا
4: بله بدتر شده ببینید دهه اول انقلاب ما باید کنار بذاریم چون اون کشدار دستجات سیاسی بود این دسته های چپ دسته های نمیدونم مجاهدین
0: آره این اینا که okay. پرچم داشتن okay. فلاک
4: داشتن okay. میگفتن ما این مثلا همه هم در انقلاب سپورتر خمینی بودن و بعد خب میخواستن یه سهم از قدرت داشته باشن مهمترین دعایی که بودیو داشت این بود که این سازبان ها می خب این انقلاب رو همه ما هندل کردیم نمیدونم هدایت کردیم پس همه ما بعد تو قدرت باشیم وقتی خمینی معلوم شد از که زیر اباش چیه خب شروع کرد اینا رو کشتن اینا هم اینا مقاوم بودن اینا دست مثلا ما نبودن که بگن حالا ما میاییم و مثلا نمیدونم مقاله مینیویسیم و نقد می‌کنیم و زندگی اِت جامعه می مدنی درست میکنیم و اینو اصلا میخواستم در قدرت بیاد و خب خیلی هم با ظالمانه اینا رو حذف کردند. غیر از اون دهه شما بعدن میبینین که وضعیت کمی بهتر شده کمی بهتر شده مثلا قبل از اینکه اون اصلاحات شروع بشه با همه اینکه نتایجش خیلی گرفتاریهای دیگه به وجود آورد ولی مثلا ما کیهان رو میگرفتیم اطلاعاتی میگرفتیم تو صفحه های لای شما جورنالیستی میدونی اهمیت بی اهمیتی چیزی که تو صفحه های لای جای کوچولو نوشته بود دیروز 30 نفر در زندان اوین 30 زد انقلاب اعدام شدند تمام ولی بعد از اینکه خاتمی رو مردم واقعا عبور با اون کار عجیبه رای دادنشون هرچی سکولار بود هرچی لایک بود هرچی هنرمند بود آرتیست بود رفتن بهش رای دادن بعد از اون ما یک دوران بهتری رو شاهدیم مونتا زیر کنترل زیر کنترل. ولی من جز به کسانی بودم که قبل از اصلاحات کار می کردم یعنی شش سال قبل از اصلاحات من کارم شروع کردم و من حذف نمی شدم اگر که ما وارد اصلاح طلبا اصلاح می دونید بدون تردید دادم اون موقع وارده این قبیله می شد برای اینکه یه خورده بیشتر مردم دوستشون داشتن اون اول مردم دوستشون داشتن و بعد مردم دوستشون نداشتن برای ما هم دنبال اونایی بودیم که به هر حال پزای مطبوعاتی خیلی باز شده بود نه صد درصد ولی خیلی باز شده بود مردم ساعت چهار صبح می رفتن دمه روزنامه ها صف می کشیدن تاریک بود هوا که روزنامه مبادل تمام بشه این هرگز در تاریخ ایران سابقه نداشت پس بنابراین آره دوران مختلف بهتر و بدتر شدن هیومن رايتس
0: داره
4: خب بحث خسته‌ای بود بحث وقتی که اینا اعلام کردن که ما داریم البته من نمیدونم میگن مجاهدین خلق اول اینا رو لو دادن و بعد اینا مجبور شدن بیان بگن و عضو آژانس شدن و بعد اروپا هم دنبال روی کرد از آمریکا در تحریم ها بنابراین یه ریزه ما مثلا امیدی که داشتیم به اروپا که یه خورده نگوتیشن میکرد فقط هیومن رايتس کار دیگه نمی کرد اونا رو هم ما از دست دادیم برای اینکه اروپا هم اومد دنبال امريكا طبعا غرب نمیخواد ایران غنی داشته باشه از اون بعد دیگه اینا لجبا دنیا رو بیشتر پیش بردن و دائما منم گفتن چه حقوق بشری که ما رو تحریم کردن نمیدونم از این حرفهایی که واقعا بی ارزشه ولی برای حکومت ظالم برای حکومتی که یقظ پوپولیستی عمل بکنه و کار بکنه طبیعتا این نعمت بود اینو نعمت بود که همونطور که خمینی گفت جنگ نعمت بود راستم هم گفت برای خودشون نعمت بود این تحریم ها هم برای اینکه اینا بمونن نعمت بود چون خودشون مظلوم در دنیا جلوه دادن
0: ولی after all this you're still hopeful میذری چرا میگی بیکاز یور استیل اسپیکینگ اپ <laughs> if you weren't... If you but didn't believe there was any hope, you would stop.
4: Sure, yeah, perhaps. But sometimes when I'm talking with myself, I judge myself that I am addicted.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, this is... I, and I'll just ask a couple more questions before I let you go. But on this question, I wanted to ask you, because, you know, when it comes to the human rights struggle for uh, in Iran, mm-hmm. it's not... You know, there's people who fight for things and they can accomplish them. And this is not going to end anytime soon. This is an ongoing struggle. And as you know, people are exhausted. I mean, even when we do a show like uh, the one we did focused on Nasri and So Today, we get feedback from some of the audience saying, we don't want to listen to this anymore. We just want happy things, you know. You've had this long career in law. You were on the front lines of taking governments to task before and after the revolution you've always been vocal you've always been fighting for freedom uh, but there's the death of your husband that the, all that you've been through the, the 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 personal struggles you've had your the health issues uh you keep persisting yeah no it's okay now no one would blame you if you say okay you know what <laughs> now i'm on a
4: <laughs>
0: now now it's beachside for the That's rest why of I the
4: say i'm addicted <laughs>
0: What are you addicted to? I don't know. <laughs> yes, you know. You're the smartest person What's I know. That? You know what? Do you, what is it you're addicted to? Wanting to wanting to create change.
4: How you guess?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on to you. <laughs> but you're we're laughing. But this is, I, I am amazed at the energy that you continue to have for doing such difficult work.
4: Yeah, but now it is getting hard to me. Working. 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 Because I think we need something more than talking and writing for changing them and we don't have any tool for that. Hmm. I don't know what's that. We cannot say the United States, come and save us. How? This is Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria. (laughs) And we cannot ignore of supporting by uh, Western, countries we cannot ignore that you know everything is full of conflict in our mind
0: how do you react to the fact that our community especially outside of Iran is so divided about the answers to how to fix things
4: we cannot we cannot we cannot have a very Unified. Clear and huh. unified answer. We cannot.
0: Why can we not? I mean, oh, you because, mean,
4: Because opposition of this government inside and outside Iran is divided. Yes. It's yes. not united. Not united um, at all. Just united in one issue. They are not united either in one issue. They cannot close to each other very much. We need that. We cannot close human rights organization, Iranian human rights organization, united, believe me. Either yeah, human you rights Human rights
0: organizations we can't agree on.
4: No, but don't agree with we دون بالکنی، اون میگه اون مال جمهوری اسلامیه، اون میگه اون مال نمی خب چه نه کنیم؟ اون مال اون یکی پول می... داره مثلاً پول میده به کسایی که پروپوزال میدن برای فرض کن mm. خب پس چه باید کار کرد؟ در اون ایران هم که سرکوب هست. به هر حال شما چیز یونایتدی پیدا نمی کنی. حتی هیومن رایتز اکتیویست ها سازمان ها حالا اکتیویست ها انقدر مهم نیست که این همه سازمان داری اینا هم کنار هم قرار نمی گیرن تبدیل کنم خودشون رو به یک جنبش جنبش موقع بشری حالا از آوتساید ایران باش, باش. ولی خودشون تعریف کنن به عنوان یک یه دونه فقط یه دونه جریان حقوق بشری که با هم راه می‌ره. اون سازمان خودشو میخواد بگه خودشو بگه It sounds like a, It's an ash
0: with a lot of different things
4: خوشمزه At
0: least it tastes <laughs> good. Uh, I I am so honored that you've taken the time that you have to to talk about your personal journey, to talk about some very difficult issues. Um, And it it is such a stroke of luck that you haven't been in Washington, D.C., that you're here in Toronto, that we could Mm -hmm. do this in person.
4: It was my pleasure.
0: If If I were to ask a final question, I might say, you know, it's been 20 years that you've been exiled. From uh, the country that uh, of my ancestry, but that a place that I never lived in, but you did for many years. Uh, What what do you miss the most about Iran?
4: My office, my very small office. That's it.
0: You just want to be in your office working.
4: Yeah, because that that was my identity that very small office. I had been in very beautiful office in the United States, at Harvard, at Brown University, I don't know, everything that you were.
0: (laughs) The long list of your (laughs) accomplishments?
4: The long list that you were.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's quite incredible. No,
4: no, just my office that is sold now, it's not me. (laughs) <laughs> but in my mind, I am sitting in my office in Tehran, Maidan-e Hafte Tir, Khvabane Qaem Magame Farahani, kucheye yekom, <laughs> shumar-e 20, tabaqe <laughs> 2. That's it. Iran for hamune is yani, the same. I میاد توی همین آفیس چون این آفیس همه چیزای زندگی من، هم بچه هام میمیدن که بچه بودن اونجا آزاده اونجا مسک مینوشت، خبرنگارای خارجی میمیدن اونجا، سفارتخانه های اروپایی دائما با من در تماس بودن، از تمام رادیوها با من در تماس بودن، کلا این تای که مثلا محکوم به داستان میشدن به سنگسار استونینگ یا به اعدام یا به شلاق a اونجا بودن سیامک هم گاهی میومد پس بنابراین من همه چیزم 50 متر جاست با اون دفتری که از من گرفتن و برای همین هیچ وقت نمبخشمش
0: می کار مرسی باچک ثانکیو فور دس من هم از شما کار A leading attorney professor author celebrated activist working towards the promotion of democracy rule of law and human rights in iran she is based in washington dc but she joined me here in the rook studio in toronto today From that interview, that uh, I am so honored that she shared so much of her self and that. Well, I got the microphones back on. Captain Raza Razagubishaya, Ponta the artist, has come back in the studio as well. That, that last answer just there, <laughs> I, I'm still recovering from that. I mean, that was just uh, so beautiful you know she's such a storyteller wow. there was so much of that interview that felt like she was picking us up collectively and putting us on her knee and telling us a story you know and from, from the beginning of talking yes. about her mother and oh. grandmother and
1: that, that was actually very interesting that she uh, said that um, two powerful women in her family was uh, her mother and her grandmother yeah. and her mother can read Hafiz, and yes. her grandmother can read Quran. And because they can read it, and they can interp- interp- interpret, Interpret, yes, I- yes, interpret, yes. They became popular and yes, powerful, yes. that's really
0: interesting. And quite yeah. a tradition of, um, uh, of of strong women, like, uh, like I mentioned Homo Arshar and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, people like Marengizek are coming from um, a place of strong women in their household, you know. T- I mean, the way she's describing, uh, the importance of yeah. the, the female role models yeah captain reza you want to uh, yeah
2: i mean the last question was really a punch in the gut but she her answer I, I couldn't i just couldn't hold back tears i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you it was, and it's not like because it remi- i started reminiscing about what i missed about iran i i, I left when i was very young and uh I don't have no attachment to it. To be uh, perfectly honest with you, if you were to ask me that question, I'd be like nothing. I don't. I miss Thornhill. I miss Thorn <laughs> yeah, North yeah. York. I miss the Young and Eglinton areas in Toronto. But her answer was just such a powerful answer, mm-hmm. and, and 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 that you can't argue with that. She's she she misses her life. Mm-hmm. Is what she missed. Something that was taken away her identity. Mm-hmm. Ad- identity that was
0: taken away from uh, b- by the way as someone who spent my teen years in Thornhill <laughs> there's nothing to miss about Thornhill <laughs> I, I I really don't think <laughs> uh, Ponta I, I didn't mean to come to you last out of any lack of uh, respect I just did uh, I I know you've you said you had been you were a little nervous about talking uh, do you do you want to say anything about what you just heard with Marangi a
3: yeah such a, such an amazing story complicated um what really affected you uh, was um, she. She was one of the first women who uh, came to uh, to the street and say, uh, "We don't want hijab." Yes. And um, her mother told her, uh, "They will. Um, they will uh, force you hijab." Yeah. Uh, in a Jalaput. Yes.
1: And yeah. the story she didn't believe it. Prison. She didn't yeah, believe it was going to be. It, it was going to turn it. out to
0: be what it d- what it
2: did. You know what was fascinating though for me, I could see my mother in her because she was. There were moments where she's like, "That's why I made a mistake that mm. I left yeah. you on." And then you try to get logical and say, "But wh- what could you have done?" Th- she'd she come back to her senses and be like, "You you know what? You're right, but still, I can't convince myself that I made the right decision." And it was all because she's a mother, her sense of. Mm motherhoodness and 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 yes. her being a being a woman and being a mother is yes. is, is keeping her from making uh, Thank motherhood.
0: you Reza for speaking uh, on behalf of mothers everywhere.
2: No no I'm That's saying <laughs> Before <laughs> when we when we were supposed to have her on, I, I I texted my mom. I said tonight's episode is going to be a good one because she listens every now oh, and again. Nice. And shout out every now to and again. No, no, she actually <laughs> she, listens yeah. all the time. She's, she's, she's in, in Tehran, right? She's in Shiraz.
0: Oh, she's in Shiraz. I yeah. really want to know what she th- thinks of it. I, I ask her after I the show she, is posted. Yeah, tonight. I yeah. will.
2: I think she's going to get a kick out of this. Yeah.
0: Hey, um, uh, let's, uh, we got to move things along here. So um, I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about, uh, we'll probably talk about some of the things that came up in this interview tomorrow night at our clubhouse too, at our room uh, there. But in the meantime, it's Thursday. That can only mean one thing. He's the captain of cuisine, the culinary colonel, the Tabrizi talisman, the Farsi foodmeister, the Turkish tradesman. It's your chef, Hazare, and this is Rook Hospitality. (laughs) Hi, this is your Chef Haas Diary, and
5: this is Rock Haas Hello, Chef Haas. Hello, Jean John. Hello, team. Hello. Hello. We have Ponta
0: the Artist here today, you know, instead of uh, our, our dear Keon is out for the count for now. So Ponta's here.
5: Hello. Hi, Ponta John. Hi. Nice having you here
3: and uh, nice to listen to you uh, the, it's my first time i'm i'm here instead of uh, kian but
5: i am happy don't worry if i can do it you can do it
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the okay. that, chef you're finally learning Thank you. you're finally learning the tone of the show that is excellent <laughs> good work
1: okay see you tomorrow at Clubhouse. <laughs> Clubhouse, yeah.
0: Uh, Chef, uh, before we start, I I have to say, I've seen your video, I'm actually very um, excited about what you're you're talking about today when posting. But But let me just, on a side note, a more superficial one, comment on your looks, your hair has grown. And you really look like the extra member of Led Zeppelin that we haven't, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, you've got, you, like it's like if there was a Turkish uh, culinary Robert Plant, you've really uh, accomplished that look with the long hair and the, uh, you know, I mean, next thing we're going to find you maybe on Clubhouse doing some old metal tunes, I, I don't know.
5: Well, I'm trying to get the Captain Red that maybe we can work on a movie together. Oh, there we go, man! There we go. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I think you look great. I mean, you look like the the the, the chef rock star the, that you are. So, listen, I see what you are going to teach us today. We've got your video set. It's called easiest way to make perfect. Limon amoni, dried lime, and I was saying earlier in the show that um, I'm. Uh, what the amazing part of this is that uh, I've always I've cooked with limon amoni, that with the dried lime before, but I always buy it. I didn't know. I had no idea that you could yeah, <laughs> take too. you take the lime and actually make dried lime. So I'm very eager to get to that because you do this in the video. Um, let's start with first things first. What is the significance of lime and, I guess, acidic elements in Persian cuisine?
5: Well, the first two points here. One is look at the Persian foods, one of the oldest cuisine and most Persian, uh, uh, precise on the when it comes luxury of eating and also thinking about the diet factor and medical factors. That's why since the fire came to picture acid, fat, salt and heat. These four elements are on our food and Iranian took this from the next level by generation and especially after Avicina Abu Alicina Avicina He wrote about that and when we cook, we cook on the balance of the dishes. So the acid we use is acid accent the flavors of the food and beverage. And not only flavors, but has a lot of uh, medical uh, benefits for us, so we will talk a little later. But it's in our cuisine, and also we talked about pomegranate, barberries, sumac, you see that we are dominated by acid to not only enjoy the food, but also medical factor. And it was grown lusciously in the geographic, beautiful old Persia is still uh, present Persia
0: interesting now i mean you make a great case for the the lime and the acid but why dried lime
5: yes so the old days they were no refrigeration all the seasonal they were tourism to call the stuff they like one was luxury they liked it they want to have it two for necessity for the winter. so uh, some items came from experimental, some by accident. Lime drops on the floor and sunny day and if it stays for a few uh, days or 10 days, 20 days, they get dry and people they find out and they say, wait a minute, we can do that once, save it for the uh, winter. So by that, they hold this the, uh, beautiful item 12 months a year, they can use it. And also when you get the dried lime, it uh, get acid and intensify the flavor and punch in it is absolutely beautiful.
0: You know, um, I, I don't, I, I always, when I cook for non-Iranian friends, or when I've had uh, invited them for bear or Kormasabzi or something like that, they usually have never, or, sometimes they haven't experienced dried lime before you know it's like a curiosity like what is this you know I, I, because it's not used in Western cuisine as much and particularly before you've cooked it the dried lime which is almost like a a giant um, I don't know acorn or something you know it looks like a nut almost you know if you it's got this hard shell um, it's it's very uh curious to see people's responses so y- you've identified I see in the video some different, techniques that they used to use or in preserving limes. Can you just explore a little bit of what the different techniques are?
5: Absolutely. Before I say that one, I want to say difference of the limes. Limes, I, uh, from the key lime, it's expanded to the kaffir limes and dessert limes, Australian limes. And there's my favorite, favorite modern one. is called finger limes that I later, I feel like I can, is when you break the lime, it look like a caviar, but they're acid. It's perfect for garnish. So uh, it, it, these are the lime around the world, but Persian limes are is smaller compared to kaffir uh, lime or key limes. Smoother skin, skin is uh, thicker so it holds better and no seeds. Mm-hmm. So when we dry them and uh, it, it, it becomes a little bit uh, acidic and also sweeter and uh, that's the difference between the other limes. So
0: but, I'm showing but that, your, your your techniques for preserving limes uh, or drying the lime it, it can be used for any lime, right? Or does it have to be a, a Persian
5: lime? Yes, absolutely. So that's what I use. The one I bought in the United States. I am where I am enough. So, basically, three ways of doing that one. The, on the video, I am showing the first step that can go for all of them, which is that you want to wash them, salt them overnight to keep it, and the day after, boil in the water and acid. But after that, if you want an old-fashioned way. Just put it uh, sun under the sun for 15, two weeks, three weeks uh, until get it dry and then bring it to put in a shade area for another couple of weeks and then you have the dryer limes. That's the old long way of doing it. Now with the technology we can do in the oven little technique needs it or they are special, uh, the special dehydrating machine ovens you can use it that one you can buy it, but you don't want to spend the money. If you have your oven fan, you can use a fan, you want to put it on the lowest temperature. And you put it there overnight. In the morning you wake up, you have a beautiful dry lime. Or another technique I'm showing that I you know, which is as a chef's technique, you can slice them and make it like in the twenty minutes the best as a garnish for your cocktail or ground them or you know, cooking. Yeah. So I am you, you show all of that. Array.
0: You show all that in the this is a great video, by the way. We've had um they get better each week i think this is a i think this is your best yet because it's really instructive and you show us all kinds of different ways that you've learned to use dried lime and and how you dry the limes i think it's a it's a great it's like seven minutes of of an education and really well done um thank you for that and and, and new music from shia uh, behind you there in the background too um i i i guess uh, one thing that shocked me in the video was this idea that I mean, people's commitment to creating great cuisine, great tastes in the past was so much deeper or um, than now where, you know, we expect to go to the corner store at the bottom of our apartment building and, and have whatever we need available to us. This idea that you would put limes out for a month <laughs> for the sun to dry them, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's like quite a commitment.
5: Yeah, exactly. They're not only like look at like we talked about that cash. Everything was in the summer, there was a work on the preserving the food for the uh, winter and long way to use. So they, and they had a time, labor of love. Everything doesn't come overnight. And without technology, they use the old fashioned way. But right now, we are spoiled, which is good. We're using technology. We find a better way of doing that, faster way of doing that one, so it works out perfectly.
0: All right. Any questions before I have we a let question, uh, Chef Hosco, Yeah, go ahead. Captain uh, so,
2: the, doing it the old-fashioned and traditional way, of whether it's cash or uh, lime or whatever, uh, isn't that does isn't that better as opposed to the the faster processing of it, putting it in a, in the oven or whatever? Like, don't you think that uh, makes it tastier? Is that is that true?
5: Hundred percent agree with you, but okay. because of the, the new uh, health department stuff like that, they, they don't allow uh, uh, the uh, manufacturing. They do the old fashioned because of the they're afraid that they might be contaminated and um, uh, poison, something happens. So mm. that's why all the new commercials want done with the technology. Um,
0: Pause. Any questions about Lim- Limo Amani? Uh,
3: actually, Chef uh, Chef has uh, reminds me. Uh, long long time ago when i was child uh, in my uh, grandma's uh, house uh, she made uh, limu amani she made shivid, she made lavashak or kashk uh, i remember every single time no uh, <laughs> <laughs> where was
0: that in tehran
3: no in hamadan
5: and have it done. Uh, yes. So I just want to get you guys' memory lane. All days in the house, you go to, we had a beautiful garden outside, right? Our, our houses, everybody. You uh-huh. see trays of lava shack, trays of old uh, uh-huh. cooked on the, uh, drying out. The Herbs are under the sun, drying out. The whole yard used to smell, looks absolutely divine. When I think about that right now, I get goosebumps, I get emotional. I wish that those days I can come back to me, but at least I have memories. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I, I think uh, as Shia would put it, you become Goosebub.
5: <laughs>
3: <Yes. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Everyone's
0: mouth is watering. Uh, Chef Haas, thank you. Great work. Um, we, so if you go to rookmedia.com, our website, uh, Pots of the artist will actually be uploading uh, the new chef video at rookmedia.com or at our Telegram channel with uh, Farsi descriptor there as well. Chef, we'll see. It's more night on Clubhouse, right? For the the Rook Town Hall.
5: Not I, would, well, I will be there, but I'm mean, more likely tonight.
0: <laughs> tonight, <laughs> we're no, not I mean, there. I mean, but I if you, you want to wait, I know you're there right all the there, time. Right? I know. Yeah, I'm. I'm just making sure you're there for us tomorrow night.
5: No, tomorrow, absolutely. I will be honored. I, I am part of the team. I will be definitely be there. All
0: right. That's okay. Friday night. If you're listening on Friday, it is tonight. Thank you, Chef Haas. Bye, bye
5: Chef. Bye-bye. Bye, Have a
0: wonderful evening. You too. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. He, right, I mean, I after clubhouse. He's going to rob right. He's okay. go, he goes from here to clubhouse. Uh, this is full time for Rook for today. Our website, as I mentioned, rookmedia.com is where you can find... All things Rook, including the new video from Rook uh, from uh, Chef Haas and uh, new videos that we've we put up from our latest episode of Rook. From uh, that is the last episode of Rook with Hoda Jara on our website thanks to the amazing team who put this show together each week uh, producer Susan Ponta of the Artist Thoughtful Degin the fabulous Keon, Savi Roham Aray Mehrdad Master Muhammad Chef Haas Captain Reza and Grubi Shaya thank you to all of you out there supporting us sharing our content please subscribe if you have not done so already and become a patron for $5 or $10 a month we really appreciate that thanks to those of you doing that you can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi Mizun